Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galanti along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. Dustin, away on assignment, but still finding time <laughs> to join us for the show. It's that important to me. It's that important to me. I would never, I would never miss it just because my beloved listeners uh, would miss me too much. And I, and I respect that. That is exactly it, Dusty. We would all miss you. Well, anyway, welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Our chance to talk Penn State football. Sometimes we expand beyond Penn State football. Let's start our news and notes with a non-Penn State item, Dustin. In the news the last couple days, this Northwestern hazing incident, I just needed to get your take on it. Well, I mean, my first thought is, you know, that culture doesn't work anymore. That culture where, you know, hazing and things of that nature, just pretty disturbing. I guess it remains in the allegation phase, right? But Pat Fitzgerald has been suspended two weeks. Doesn't really look all that great for him. There's a lot of detail that makes you think that not that it's a coordinated effort necessarily, but that that the coach was aware of what was going on. And if that is the case, then there's just no place in any realm of athletics, youth, high school, college pro, no, no place needs to tolerate that kind of environment um, around their program. And so if, if that is the case and and these are proven true, then I don't think that Pat Fitzgerald is going to be long for that Northwestern job, nor do I think he should be. Um, I would just, you know, I, I I don't know how solid everything is. I guess the only word of caution would be, you know, Penn State has had similar things from Isaiah Humphreys, right, that seem outlandish and it seems like, you know, if you have the right ax to grind, uh, et cetera, you can just throw it out there in the public sphere and drag some people through the mud. This doesn't feel like that, though. No, this seems to be a, a bigger, more concerted thing where they also did a full investigation that went on for months. So you feel like, hey, this one's real. In fact, based on some reporting that has come out, it feels like it's even more serious than what the investigation said, or at least what the school presented as the investigation saying. You know, hazing, you got to sing the school alma mater in front of everyone. So be it. This, if anyone has, and we're not going to get into any of the details here of what went on, Dusty, but it's just plain wrong. It's wrong. And you talk about any more, you can't tolerate that. I'm an old guy. I'm an old timer. I'm old school in probably most every way. But I don't think this kind of stuff should have been tolerated today, a decade ago, two decades ago, ever should have been tolerated. So... If they do find out officially that the coaching staff did know, and I can't imagine none of them knew of this stuff, I'm with you. I don't see uh, Fitzgerald lasting through that. All right, just felt it important to get through that story, Dusty. Let's move on. Let's get to Penn State. Let's start with the positive news. Malachi Williams, four-star defensive end. Another commitment, I guess, on Friday evening that one came in. A nice gap for the Nittany Lions. 
Yeah, number 22 in the class, and you, you're watching that class start to fill up. Well, here we are in early July, and December National Signing Day is still over five months away, and there's not a lot of work to be done uh, yet. But you know, if you have a decommitment or two, you are in good standing um, elsewhere. There are a few more guys high on their board that um, I think they can pr- pursue and will want to pursue. But this class is is really taken shape, especially recently over the last three or four weeks. And uh, Malachi Williams is uh, the more I watch him, the more I like what I saw. You know, he's listed at six three two fifteen, and you can obviously see that that'll be six three two forty before too long, maybe even before he begins his freshman season. But he has a lot of twitch off the edge, and that's something that he presents that the other defensive linemen do not in this class. That not a lot of guys possess and. Um, you can refine technique. You can smooth things out. Deion Barnes will have a lot of fun with that. Uh, it's another addition from Philadelphia, too, by the way, speaking of Deion Barnes. But you can't teach what he can do with that first step off the ball. And he can get a, he can bend the edge and get to the quarterback better than most. So this is a really good uh, get for them. And you look at the, the, the trend, the arc of his recruitment, and Georgia, Michigan, Notre Dame, USC, Tennessee, Texas A&M, you know, a lot of big-time schools noticed what he brought to the table and, and wanted to go after it. So if the only thing that this kid is lacking is a little bit of uh, smoothing around the edges and a little bit of weight, uh, Penn State has done a remarkable job in both of those categories to, to make this package of, of skills really pop. So this is a... I, st- I still think one of the services had him as a three star, and I think it was maybe rivals or or twenty maybe it was twenty four seven. It might have been both of them, but um, but I, I think he's a lot better than that, and I think he's a guy that probably uh, and it's it, it is it's always hard to believe if you can get some of the biggest programs in the country coming on board with the scholarship offer that you remain a three star because if Georgia wants you, you're not really a three star player. And Dusty, I think we, as we follow recruiting more and more, we have, uh, I think we've learned that some of these ratings, they're outdated. They, they're not up to date. They have to be refined. It's almost as if we slapped the three-star on them early, then later on we'll go back and figure out what they should really be. So yeah. I, I, I think that's a part of it. What we also seem to notice is with this Penn State team, a couple weeks ago, we're recruiting wide receivers. Get three of them within a couple days. Now it's time for the defensive line, right? Yeah, and it's. I think there's there's something to those trends of of players at certain positions committing in batches because you can start to see, you know, the the coaching staff can tell you all you all you all they want that. Uh, that there's only X number of spots. But once you see those spots start to be taken, then the urgency hits you that you have to make a choice one way or the other. And I think the defensive line, they really focused in that area. And I don't think James Franklin is ever trying to leverage a kid to commit before he's ready. It's it's against everything he says publicly anyway. But when this, it starts to happen, the dominoes start to fall, I think you could see these guys know that they had to speed up their timelines a little bit. Um, their recruitment of Williams was really outstanding. Uh, to get to the finish line with him right now. Um, another another big get from uh, Pennsylvania. I think last I saw in the 24-7 composite, 
seven out of the top 10 from Pennsylvania are, are on board in this class. And, you know, none of them are charity cases. These are good players that, that Penn State managed to keep at home and they've managed to keep expanding into other areas. Look at what, they, what they've done in Wisconsin and they're back in Jacksonville with those couple guys from uh, from there. So this is a, a good class from Pennsylvania, a good you know, I think it's a good class developing on the defensive line. I think there still are a lot of fans who would love to see more of a heavy hitter, a proven guy, uh, make you feel warm and fuzzy if he's a top 50 player as opposed to a top 350. But between Malachi Williams, DeAndre Cook, and Xavier Gilliam, these are pretty nice pieces to the puzzle and uh, guys that I think Deion Barnes can mold and, and get a lot out of. Well, Dusty, I'm one of those who shares that concern about this defensive line so far. And it no offense, you know, Williams, at you reach a four-star level and you have the people like a Georgia, Michigan, those folks looking at you, this is a good get. However, I don't see the difference makers here, or I'm not sure they are. You know, perhaps it's unfair of me to say that, but we're... Um, Williams is a four-star pick. The other two guys, they're rated down around 900 in the overall. And again, I don't want to jump in too quick after I just gave the little lecture on you can't pass judgment too quickly because the services are revising those. But you don't have a class of five stars here coming into the dif- into the defensive line. And this is a week after we did our show and we talked about <laughs> difference makers, right? Right. Yeah, you, you dropped that you makers. dropped that phrase a minute ago. I I don't know. I mean, I think uh, looking at raw skill and raw tools, you know, Williams looks like he could be, but there's a lot to go between now and then. And I think this is an especially touchy area for this fan base because this is where the game's won. And this is one of the, one of the areas where they've wanted to see so much more for so long, really since James Franklin got here. I think on the offensive side, you're seeing that come along. On the defensive side, you see those edge rushers now. But those aren't those guys obviously aren't here forever. And they, they need to start lining up more guys just like them. And they need to start lining up, you know, big time defensive tack interior guys. And I'm not sure any of these guys really fit that bill, but Obviously, Penn State saw enough in them, and maybe they tested really, really well, too, to suggest that uh, their ceiling is still a long way off. But I'm not sure if I see difference makers either, and I'll I'll happily admit if I'm wrong down the road, but um, I I don't think these look like guys that you're going to beat Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State with on a consistent basis. Put it that way. That's the point, Dusty. When we did a segment on difference makers, that was the thinking. If you're going to compete with those big-time teams, that's what you need, these guys that you define as difference makers. I don't have any issue at defensive end. It seems there's plenty on the roster right now. Williams maybe fits that profile also. But are we seeing that on the inside with the defensive tackles, Dusty? Yeah, I, I just don't, I just don't know. And, and that's an area where you can develop a lot, right? You can, you can get better in that area. You can get bigger, you can get stronger. And I think Penn state has a pretty good rotation of six, but to have somebody who can occupy three blockers uh, is a luxury that Penn state has not had since I can really remember. And I think you can still win, especially the way that they're set up now, but I don't see Penn state having this amount of um, edge rush pressure in the future of the program. They haven't had it really to this point. I'm not sure if you can count on it moving forward. So you do have to be able to hold up 
at that point of attack, especially again against the Michigans and the Wisconsins and the Illinois of the world. One last news item, Dusty, and I'll concede I know very little about <laughs> UFC fighting, but Bo Nickel, Penn State guy, is certainly making an impression there, isn't he? And I'll tell you what, I love nothing more than a little ginger swagger, you know, and, and he's got it. He He's what all of us redheads want to be in life, to be able to carry. I, actually, you know what, just just to have the, the gumption to take his shirt off in front of 10,000 people, I don't have, even have that. So I, I applaud him for that. But he he looks very, very, very promising. And I think he's one of the one of the UFC's better pro prospects in a long time because he's got such a proven track record with the wrestling and not just the wrestling, but a flair for wrestling and an, an ability to just kind of maneuver and do some things in a wild way to dominate. And he strikes really hard and really accurately. And he's two fights into his UFC career. If it continues down that path, and I do think he's going to get a much tougher fight in his next time out, uh, you're looking at somebody who's going to be um, one of the better fighters in the UFC. Do you take your shirt off at the beach? No. Very good, Dusty. The rest of the beachgoers appreciate that. I know they that do. Is it. That is it for quarter number one. Lots more to go. Stick around. Hey, guys. This is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante along with the vacationing Dustin Hawkinsmith. <laughs> Dustin, last week we talked, one of my favorite topics It. Difference makers, you know, I keep harping on this over and over again with the question, what does it take to get to the next level? It takes talent, but it takes special talent. It takes difference makers. So we analyzed difference makers up and down the roster. What we didn't do, though, is we didn't go even forward even further and take a look at this class of 24. So we thought, all right. We even got to the class of 23, the incoming freshmen, potential difference makers. Let's talk about this class of 24. 
And I think the unfortunate thing is the fact we have the class of 23 hasn't even gotten on the field yet, okay? Right. So our frame of reference is the class of 22, which was just filled with difference makers, okay? Yeah. I feel like it's almost unfair to compare classes as I compare classes, but I'm being unfair, Dusty. But le- let's look at this class of 24 because I-, I do believe there are some guys in this class that qualify. Yeah, and and I guess the unfortunate thing as far as this conversation goes, and it came up last week, I think you asked the question along the lines of, can an offensive lineman really be a difference maker when the nature of their job is to limit splash plays from somebody else? So if they're not limiting any splash plays, that is, in fact, a splash play. And I think two of the better players on board, which I didn't really list here because of that, I guess, Donovan Harbour and Cooper Cousins, are going to be really good players. I'm especially especially in awe of Donovan Harbour. His shoulders look like they're about a football field wide. Like, this is a big, big kid. Um, and I think he could absolutely be a difference maker the same way, you know, I thought Caden Wallace at, at the time when he came on was going to be a difference maker. But I've got four real names on, on my list for starters. And obviously, this doesn't preclude anybody else from developing in, in that area. Uh, I've got a couple of sleepers I wanted to kind of mention who are further down the rankings a bit. But I've got four names that, that really jump out to me of having that potential and having that potential early in their careers. So I, I think if they get more than four, it's because they did an excellent job at evaluating some of the guys who are further down, which is very well possible. You know, I think that if you look at the 2018 class, if you look at the 2022 class, you got contributions that were pleasant surprises right away from that 22 class. And I think... Um, you know, they'll probably get one or two out of these guys too. So if they get five or six difference makers, I would say that is certainly above average for Penn State, probably above average for most of the Big Ten, outside of Ohio State, of course. But what you also have, uh, Dusty, is a situation in 22 where as talented as players may be incoming, you need the opportunity. It, it's as simple as Penn State had a – sixth-year quarterback coming back. So Drew Aller never got the opportunity. If Sean Clifford would have been like most college quarterbacks, he would have moved on when he reached the age of 32, and (laughs) things would have been open. (laughs) We may have actually seen Drew Aller as a starting quarterback. But there were a lot of other positions, running back and linebacker, where the opportunity was there. So you don't necessarily have to be that uh, difference maker right off the bus, freshman, first game. It may take a little longer. So let's get started, though, with this list of guys who could ultimately be difference makers on the roster. And you started with the, the logical place. Quentin Martin, he's high four-star, closing in on five-star. I Those four- and five-star rankings, they're so big. The numbers, you know, you could be a four-star anywhere ranked from number 40 in the country to like number 400 or so. He's definitively within the top 50 players in the country, okay? Yeah. So if he's not a five-star, he's darn close to it. You got to put him up there as a difference maker. Yeah, absolutely. And I think not just... 
what he looks like on the field. And it was fun to go back and rewatch. It's always fun to do these types of things where you get a chance to go back and um, watch some of the things that you maybe hadn't watched in a while. Quentin Martin's film is really interesting. And the way that it's even packaged, I think, suggests something about his future. He's listed as an athlete, I think, across the board. Uh, it would be a huge surprise if he's not somewhere in the neighborhood of a running back at Penn State. And I say that because, you know, he's six feet. He's probably 205 pounds. Uh, he has a lot of film where he's catching the ball out of the backfield seamlessly and, and getting pointed upfield and getting that first foot on the ground really quickly. So I think though that skill that he has can make him a really unique guy. And I'm not sure if he's the player, at least the way that he's built now, that you want to hand it to him 25 times. I think you're okay getting him 25 touches, but you know maybe 18 of those are, are carries and seven are, are receptions. Like I think he's somebody who can, uh, and he shows it on on his high school film at the at the next level. I think he can line up in the slot or out wide. He can be used in ways that you are seeing probably more so now in the NFL than you are in college, but. The, the way that he's able to contribute, especially in year one, can really be an interesting thing to follow because Penn State is going to remain loaded at the running back position uh, into the 24 season with Singleton and Allen back again then. Uh, in addition to the two guys they signed in 23, two guys they, they're signing in 24. So there's going to be a lot of running backs at Penn State, but none are built to do what Quentin Martin can do. And I think he can be a really dynamic runner. But his gift, I think, to the Penn State offense is just more ways for Mike Yurcich to be creative. You know, I think in terms of like what the three tight end formation did last season, you could have Quentin Martin do that similar kind of thing and it'd be a pioneering sort of role in Penn State's offense. If you could play three tight ends, you could play three running backs, Dusty. For That's sure. That's the way I look at it. Uh, let's go. This guy's really exciting. Luke Reynolds, the tight end. He he's just shooting up every national ranking surface. Yeah, and and it, you know, you watch, especially if you you watch this footage of him at camps and things like that, and you wonder why he needed to shoot up in the first place. And I think the obvious answer is that he doesn't have a lot of reps at tight end. And this is really his coming out party on a national level as a tight end, getting a chance to uh, participate and catch passes at the elite 11 finals was, was a big thing for him and part of why he's rising, but he looks like he has huge hands. Uh, He looks bigger than 215 pounds, although that's where he remains listed. Um, He just look, he he is, his feet are excellent. His route running is excellent. His body control is excellent. All the athleticism traits you need to be a really good receiving tight end. He's got them right now. So I think, um, I think this is a guy who who could be a year one contender as well. You know, I I don't see a lot of guys over the past couple of recruiting classes who bring that level of upside into play. And it looks like, you know, it looks like his floor is pretty high too, from what I can see. And you could see him have a monster season um, as a senior this year and for him to keep rising again and, and, and keep doing it some more. So I, I think Luke Reynolds is still just the beginning for him. Uh, I think he's going to be pretty polished out of the gates and I think he can move super, super well. Um, definitely high on the list of, of, of most athletic tight ends. I think James Franklin has recruited at Penn State. We always hear about Penn State being linebacker you. How about running back you? Dusty, how about tight end you? They just seem to churn sure. them out. I have every confidence that he's next in line. All right, let's talk John Mitchell. Uh, he's a cornerback rated in the top 200 players. And with this defense, 
boy, it just seems like a big athletic guy at cornerback. He's going to be a playmaker. Yeah, and Penn State hasn't, you know, they've made it work with any type of cornerback. I don't think you can typecast what Penn State's looking for in a quarterback, cornerback in terms of their dimensions. They've had big guys, they've had small guys. You know, Grant Haley, Daquan Hardy, they've had the five foot nine guys. Lamont Wade, five foot three and a half. They've had these guys who are <laughs> who are small. <laughs> That one was more uncalled for than last week, <laughs> but they, they've had bigger guys too. And um, John Mitchell just looks a little bit more solid than let's just say Tariq Castor fields at the same stage. He's listed at six foot one seventy seven. I think he's going to have to get bigger, but his feet are excellent. His hips are excellent. Um, he tackles well, he can turn and run with guys, uh, great ball skills, good body control. When the ball's in the air, he can do things with the ball in the air that not many athletes can do. Not many cornerbacks across the country can do. And I think Terry Smith as, as much as any other coach at Penn state has an excellent, uh, track record of getting the most out of his players. And I, you know, even though John Mitchell is a big kid at six feet and you expect him probably to be one ninety ish, uh, before too long. I don't really see him being in that cornerback to safety pipeline unless something changes along the way. I think he's got the tools to contribute in year one. That's a position where they're very comfortable asking their guys to, to contribute in year one. Cam Miller last year was uh, another example of that. And I think he can be a multi-year starter and somebody who gets some big 10 accolades. Like I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, I, I don't know that he's in the Kalen King and Joey Porter jr. Category, but at the and this is a, maybe going to make sense, but I don't think Kalen King was in that category before he became uh, who he is now. So John Mitchell's got some of those raw things that you can expect uh, a really, really good career, possibly a great career. All right. How about Tyzer Denmark, the wide receiver who jumped from Oregon uh, back to Penn state, another Pennsylvania kid. Yeah, I think uh, my, my description of him is somewhere between Parker Washington and Jahan Dotson. I think he's built a little bit more stout than Jahan Dotson was coming out of Nazareth. I think he's a different player. I, I, I think Parker Washington is probably a hint more athletic than Denmark is, but I do think that Denmark is pretty far along in terms of the idea that he's got of how to play the position and the idea of being able to uh, shake a defender, shake a coverage guy to get open on his own. Uh, Penn State, frankly, has not had a ton of wide receivers who are creating space with their own athletic skills and with their own route running. That's been an ongoing thing that they've needed uh, and they haven't been able to get. I think Tysier Denmark is a player that Penn State has tar have been targeting for a long time for a reason and why they kept working on him, even though he remained committed to Oregon. I think he's smooth, athletic, and he moves uh, exceptionally well. And if you don't see a lot of growth in that tight end or that wide receiver depth chart, he's a player who could make a mark in year one next year. In the last minute we have, tell me about your two sleepers. Man, Peter Gonzalez, it's it's really hard looking at him and seeing him as the lowest rated commit in the class. Uh, big, long striding kid, 6'3", like 210. He's different than Penn State has had. Uh, they haven't had a lot of kids who are built like him recently. So I like him to be much better than the rankings suggest now. Uh, I think the rankings will reflect his, his growth a little bit later. And Xavier Gilliam, you know, if he's six three, six, four, two, six, and he stays at defensive end. He brings something that not a lot of guys do. And I think there's power there. Um, I do think he's probably more likely at some point to move inside a defensive tackle, but I like his burst and his first step. I like this. Uh, I like Peter Gonzalez a lot. I think he's a guy, you know, way underrated. 
The rankings haven't caught up with him. That's pretty obvious. I think injury was part of that. All right, Dusty, that's it for quarter two. We've got lots more to go. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. I'm Jim. He's Dustin. Dustin, we're continuing our conversation about this class of 24. Uh, They were prominent in the news and notes. We talked about difference makers. We thought we'd just continue the theme of talking about this recruiting class and go with the idea of what are the questions that still remain with this class? And there's a lot of them. And where else are we going to start but at quarterback? And we had this question about difference makers, all right? And we've done several segments over the last couple weeks that Penn State really, in the James Franklin era, has not brought in what you would call the difference makers at quarterback. Now, we know Trace McSorley and Sean Clifford essentially were the two starters in the James Franklin era. Neither one of them was ranked all that high, and there's been another seven or eight quarterback recruits. None of them have been ranked even in the top 200. This, of course, is all up until Drew Aller. He's the outlier. Now the question becomes, could Ethan Grunkmeyer be that next difference maker at the quarterback position? Uh, You know, I I think it's looking more possible. Uh, The way that he performed at the Elite 11 Finals, the, the arm strength he showed, the touch on the deep ball that he showed... Uh, he, he's he's fine as an athlete. He's fine size wise, uh, above average arm strength. I would say um, good feel for the position. I mean, all the different stuff. 
that you can want in a quarterback that you can evaluate right now uh, seems to be there. There's obviously a huge piece of information to come, which is how quickly he learns, develops, improves, understands the system, can read coverages, can have composure like Drew Aller has composure um, at a young age. So there, there's a lot to like here. And I think just in general, Drew Aller represents a new era at Penn State because, you know, you can I, – I, I like what Trace McSorley did. I like what Sean Clifford did some, some of the time. Um, you haven't really seen a lot of synergy between system, coordinator, and quarterback to really elevate and, and be at a position where you can plug and play quarterbacks there. Um, and, and I think maybe it gives you a chance with Mike Yersich getting Drew Aller in there, with Ethan Grunkmeyer looking like one of the better quarterback prospects in the country in this class. He's starting to maybe put his stamp on that position and maybe starting to build something where quarterback coordinator are wor- really working in tandem to run this offense at a high level. You know, you look at the 24 class because it makes sense for this class to really be trying to target who you think the future could be at quarterback. Not that it's not Bo Perbola necessarily, not that it's not Jackson Smolik, but the 24 class, you know, conceivably you could have Drew Aller start in 2023, start in 2024 and be off to the NFL and have a wide open competition before the 25 season. Whoever comes in in the 24 class, and in this case, Ethan Grunkmeyer, is a player that should be a contender uh, in that competition. And I think that he will be. You know, I think he's further along from a pure passer standpoint than Bo Perbola was at the same time. Of course, Bo Perbola brings a little bit of uh, that dual threat to it uh, that that maybe Ethan Grunkmeyer can't match. He's a year uh, ahead of the curve. He's going to be two years ahead of the curve before Grunkmeyer even gets there. So it'll be interesting, but I think Ethan, Ethan Grunkmeyer has a chance. And the better you have that synergy, the better uh, a kid can make a transition into being a good quarterback earlier in, in his career. That, that, I think, above all else, is why Ohio State has been pretty much lights out. Now, these are, are talented kids, but there's been no real drop in performance because I think the, the, the sum of all the parts is so great. So I think that's what Penn State is trying to build, if that makes sense, is a system that is friendly for quarterbacks, not just to be solid, but to really thrive. You're right. That is part of it. If you're a quarterback, you now look at the tools around you that they have at Ohio State. It's almost automatic. You win the starting job, you're going to be an NFL quarterback. You don't win the starting job, you just transfer someone else somewhere else and become an NFL quarterback. That's that's how it works at Ohio State. And at Penn State, they have yet to reach that level with the quarterbacks and the wide receivers, and it feeds off each other. You get the stars here, you'll get the star there. It'll be interesting with Drew Aller in the fold, and if he does the things that a lot of us think he can do, will that help bring in the caliber of wide receiver? So that does lead to the next question. At wide receiver, there was a position coach change, Dustin, during this offseason, Took a while for the recruiting to catch up. They had three commits. Are they done there? I don't think they're done recruiting there. I, I still think they're going for numbers there. And I still think that there, there's probably going to be a fourth one uh, that comes on board in the 24 class. And I guess the, the question that I would have is, would you rather have 30 decent to good wide receiver prospects 
or would you rather have five great ones? You know, and then Ohio State just gets 30 great ones, and that's what makes them uniquely them. Uh, but Penn State really is going to continue doing this scatter approach where you're, you're really looking for lottery tickets, essentially. And I, I think that's, that's fine. We don't know how good Marcus Hagens is going to be um, as a position coach to help get more out of these guys, as James Franklin said. But we know that it's a huge priority. And I think the pressure is on right away. You know, you look at what James Franklin has said publicly about the wide receiver position and how game-breaking that position in general is. Penn State has not been game-breaking uh, at wide receiver over the past few years, which is why Taylor Stubblefield is uh, part of the reason anyway that Taylor Stubblefield isn't here anymore. Uh, I like Tysier Denmark. Uh, Josiah White is a really good, speedy wide receiver. We talked about Peter Gonzalez being maybe a sleeper difference maker down the road. Are they clear upgrades over what Penn State already has? Uh, yes, in terms of being handpicked by the new position coach. Uh, yes, in terms of being uh, of having more time to mold them. But in terms of their overall prospect profiles, I don't think these are, are necessarily much higher caliber prospects than some of the guys that Penn State already has on its depth chart. So if you see a lot of movement and a lot of forward progress this year, that, that bodes well for this group of wideouts coming in uh, to, to be good under Marcus Hagens. But I, I, I still think it's really cloudy. Um, at wide receiver because we need the piece of information that is the 2023 season to really figure out what exactly Penn State has there because I still don't have any idea. They missed out on Nick Marsh who committed to Michigan State, decommitted, and now has recommitted there. The thought was maybe he's that guy who's the difference maker. That's what obviously the fans are looking for and what the team is looking for also. You you know... um, one air, one kid that I would look at as really an interesting case study is Keandre Lambert Smith, where you've seen good flashes, but you've kind of seen more or less the same player for three years in a row. Like I don't think you could say Keandre Lambert Smith has been noticeably noticeably better. Now on film and when they're when they're really looking at assignments and grading guys in a detailed way, maybe he is better now than he was before. But in terms of what he's been able to produce and how he's been able to show up uh, making plays. He looks like the same player that he was a few years prior. If he makes a big step forward, if Trey Wallace makes a big step forward, those are guys that I, I look at to, to really gauge, have they made a, a big upgrade uh, in coaching there? Exactly. We've got to see it, though, Dusty, and we haven't over the last couple of years. And is it the coaching? Is that the, the development process to it? And, you know, we talked about this becoming a difference maker. I'm a big Trey Wallace fan. I think he has that high end. The same kind of question belongs at, you know, along the defensive line with this unit. We talked about it a little bit. We talked about the wide receiver room they missed out at Nick Marsh. The the defensive line, they just missed out on Benedict Yuma and I hope I'm saying that correctly, he's the stud defensive lineman who chose Stanford. Now, you could tell me, hey, Jim, you can't blame the team on that one. That was a academic issue. I mean, you got a chance to go to Stanford and you're concerned about academics. That's a great place to go. It is, but it's still another swing and a miss at that defensive uh, difference maker along the defensive line. So, 
is there enough juice with this class on the defensive line, Dusty? I, I, I'm not blown away. I mean, if we're if we're if we're being honest about it, I'm just not blown away by um, this trio of players in totality and what it feels like Penn state needs, especially along that defensive tackle front. And again, I mean, if Jordan Vandenberg and Kaziah Izzard take huge steps forward, you're probably feeling a, a different type of way having this conversation next year at this time, but you need to see a lot of growth at defense uh, along the defensive line, especially on the interior there to, to figure out uh, where Penn state's going there. Because I, I again, I, I just don't know if I see, um, you know, national championship caliber players. I don't see a lot of them there. Um, I don't see a lot of big size, you know, like, and that's, that continues to be a thing. And, you know, DeAndre Cook and, and Xavier Gilliam are nice players. They're three stars. And I think they're three stars for a reason. Uh, Malachi Williams, uh, who just committed over the weekend, looks like he's got a little bit of electricity to his game. So that'll be fun to follow along with. But uh, as a group, you know, I, I think it falls a little flat because of where uh, college football is and where Penn State, I, st- I still think, is a little bit short of becoming consistently one of the top four teams in the country. It, exactly. And we've seen at other positions, Dustin, where guys as freshmen, they're probably ready to go out and contribute. Those are the guys who are the difference makers. Now, it may take one year because the opportunity just isn't there. Drew Aller being the obvious example, but some of these other players, even on defense, you know, we see K.J. Winston didn't get on the field all the time last season, but I think we're all convinced this year he's ready to get out there and probably be a difference maker. The question is, who among these freshmen, even if they don't have the opportunity, do they have that skill set? And I'm not giving you much time. We could carry this over to the next segment, Dusty. But the offensive line, the recruiting feels like it's so much better. There's several more guys coming in in this class, just like there were some stars in last year's class. But my concern is that tackle versus the interior of the offensive line. Yeah, especially now that it looks more and more like Javen Williams and Alex Birchmeyer are both in a perfect world uh, playing guard positions. Uh, I don't know who the tackles are beyond 2023 into 2024. So we can resume this then after, but there's some complexities there. But uh, they got two two, uh, guys in the 24 class who probably need a little bit of time. So they're not immediately going to be factors into that equation. We will pick this up with the offensive line as we start quarter four, Dusty. But I think at offensive line, You can afford to be patient with these guys because that's the nature of it. It might be till their third year on campus till they contribute. We will pick that up, though. It's quarter number four. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. 
You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news, 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We headed to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the fourth quarter of the Keystone Kickoff Show. I am Jim. He is dusty in a hurry to get done so he could either go back to the beach or go back to the buffet. Which is it going to be, Dusty? Uh, go to the buffet, avoid the beach. That's it. You know, th- th- those are the priorities. You are a great representative of the Keystone Sports <laughs> Network, my friend. Let's pick up the conversation. We're talking about our questions for the class of 24. Uh, Dustin, we were talking about the offensive line. And, you know, we've had this argument or debate or discussion about difference makers on the offensive line. Could they happen? And I think it, there can be, but it just takes a bit longer at, on the offensive line. So you've got to project forward a couple of years. And where right now you look at tackle going into the 23 season, you feel pretty good. Fashionu and Caden Wallace and Drew Shelton. Two out of the three of those guys are going to be gone. And as well as Penn State's been recruiting along the offensive line, it seems like the strength of it is with the interior. Yeah. Where are, you know, where are the tackles going to come from? Well, I mean, my, my first thought is, you know, they might really want Javen Williams to be a guard down the road, but I'm not sure if they're going to have that luxury. Certainly in 2023, it looks like he's making a run at maybe a spot on the, on the two deep there. Uh, but I don't know if it's going to happen in 2024 either, just from a numbers perspective. I think, I think uh, a couple of these guys, um, that they're trying to cross train and that, that, that maybe ideally are, are best suited to be interior guys. Um, I, I think maybe they won't, might not have the luxury for a little bit yet to move them. And, you know, I, I think Lana Tangwall can play tackle. If you ask him, uh, I think uh, Drew Shelton is a pretty good safe bet to be a really good player at either the left side or the right side. He showed last year, you can play on the left side. So that gives you a little bit of a starting point. Uh, beyond 2023, but you know, to the, the odds of being able to play Alex Birchmeyer and Javen Williams at, as guards in 2024, it just doesn't seem like you can have both of those guys be there. Um, and I think you know, like Javen Williams is a is a game changing type of athlete as a guard. I think he's a really good athlete as a tackle, but not quite as special in that category. But I still think they're going to have to maybe even unless unless the transfer portal yields something, I still think they're going to have to stick with the plan of having um, interior players uh, who are cross trained to play tackle stick more to tackle uh, in this in the 24 class, which is where you know the starting point was for us here. Uh, Egan Boyer and Garrett Sexton both 
at six foot seven. Uh, Sexton, who is the better prospect of the two, is 245 pounds. Boyer is 260 pounds. These are pretty thin guys who aren't going to be much help, I don't think, until at least year two, probably more like year three. Uh, and then the, the other guys, Donovan Harbor and Cooper Cousins, are both you know interior guys all the way, the best I can tell. So I don't know where the perimeter guys are coming from if they're not already on the roster and not more being discussed as interior players going forward. I think the the concern is back-to-back years you get two ver- superior offensive linemen recruits, but both the, all four of those players are considered interior um, offensive linemen. Right. D- Dusty, let's talk about the running back room a little bit. Uh, I know it can be volatile with injury. We've seen it with the transfer portal, but after two uh, – recruits in the class of 23 we're looking at another two in the class of 24 including the very high end with Quentin Martin they just keep churning out more and more running backs uh, don't they yeah and and this particular flow of talent so in 2022 with uh, Katron Allen and Nick Singleton coming in and being so good right off the bat changed everything I think especially Katron Allen, you know, to have two guys who I think can be deemed high level, you know, power five type starters uh, on the field at the same time. And then I think Quentin Martin probably, you know, athletically is in the same, is in a similar neighborhood to Nixon with the different players, different skill sets, obviously, but Quentin Martin is in the same category of, of talent as Nick Singleton. Uh, to have him come on board, I think you have three guys who I think are capable of, of being lead dogs and high-level, you know, power five backfields. So then you have, you know, London Montgomery who came in uh, and uh, Cam Wallace who came in in the 23 class. Uh, you've got Corey Smith who's also coming in in 2024. Uh, you know, this is a really deep group with star power at the top. And, you know, maybe starting contenders down the road and guys like Montgomery and Corey Smith. Uh, but I, my, my question is, and I think I know the answer, but the question is, uh, is this the most loaded from top to bottom we'll ever see uh, the, the running back room at Penn State? You know, I think Saquon Barkley was phenomenal and, you know, the, a unique uh, transcendent type talent, but I don't know that they had enough behind him to really be in that category. Miles Sanders was, has obviously been a great pro too, but uh, to go one through five or six with that level of talent is a unique situation. And as you put it, you're starting with two premier backs uh, at the top of the running back room. So that makes depth a little bit easier. Anything else you get after that, it, it's gravy. Speaking of the phase. Uh, <laughs> Dusty, another question on an individual player. Uh, uh, Dewan Lane, the question is, is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? Or who cares? Does it matter with this defense? Yeah, I, I think that's an interesting thing because you might not have to, you know, I, I think from a number standpoint and from a talent standpoint at both safety and linebacker, I think the numbers aren't going to dictate that you have to go one way or the other necessarily. So it really is going to be a matter of once he gets on campus, once he starts working uh, in the strength and conditioning program, where does his body go? Obviously between now and when he enrolls at Penn state in the first place, how much more growth is there? Um, Because I think, 
you know, athletically and, and talent wise, he's very capable of playing both. So Penn state would have the option of really letting, uh, his game dictate where he goes, which is a nice luxury to have when you have somebody who's between positions or you have the opportunity to use him in a way, you know, sub packages as a big safety, as a quick linebacker. Uh, I see bits of his game where he's able to turn and run. He's able to cover. He's able to, um, run with tight ends, you know, things of that nature. I think he's physical enough. I think he can play linebacker and play in space. You know, I think he can be a really unique weapon uh, for Penn State that maybe you don't have to slap a label on him just yet. Certainly early in his career, you can get him on the field and utilize what his skill set is, which is a, a unique one at 6'3 and about 200 pounds. And the other thing, Dustin, is I think for a few years, Penn State had the issue with those tweeners. This was a great player in high school, but what is he? And it didn't work out. I think we're reaching the point where Manny Diaz will find a way to use you. And I've brought up this analogy before, you know, where there's positionless basketball. You have things like a point forward, you know, instead of a point guard. I almost feel like that's happening with Manny Diaz's defense. You don't have to have a, a defined position. Um Speaking of positions, and you brought this question up, and I hadn't thought about it until you brought it up, Dusty, is is this recruiting class skewed too much towards the offense, or is it just a balancing act? But what is it, uh, seven of the top eight commits in this uh, class are on the offensive side of the ball? And those numbers might change depending on where you look. That's 24-7 sports composite, and... I don't know that that is a purposeful thing necessarily, but the reality of the situation is uh, Penn State has far more really good prospects on the offensive side than they do on the defensive side at this point. And, uh, you know, I think the offensive line with Hart, with Donovan Harbor and Cooper Cousins is another formidable uh, couple guys there that are going to be able to help right away. Um, You've got four commits total, including – uh, Caleb Brewer from Wyoming, who really very much looks like uh, an offensive lineman in the future, if, if and that would be five. Uh, two running backs on the board. That's the third class in a row that they've taken two. Uh, so, so depth will be you know spilling over at running back as we di- as we just discussed. Um, you've got uh, cornerback and linebacker. I think are are dealing from a position of strength already, and they get uh, a little bit of a boost there. You've got. Um, the quarterback, obviously, with Ethan Grunkemeyer, who, who's one of the better players in, in the class. Yeah, it, it just facts are facts. I think Penn State's got more help coming uh, more immediately on the offensive side than on the defensive side. The cycle's not over, of course. The the uh, there's also you know the the fact that those guys in the bottom half of the class that are more defensive heavy, they can exceed expectations, and that's great if they do that. But you know, just looking at this group of players, um, and, and Luke Reynolds is, is another one at, at tight end, another position of strength already where they're getting another great player there. They're just getting more help on offense than they are on defense as things stand right now. And I don't think it's a big statement about Penn State's philosophy. Maybe these are, are more uh, positions of need in the minds of the coaching staff. But I think that is factual in nature. To, no matter how where you look at rankings, they're just they're just a little better on offense than they are on defense in this class. And I don't think that that's going to change, even with the few spots they have left. It definitely is not by design. You want really good players everywhere, Dusty. 
and I think it's just they haven't gotten there yet on the defensive side of the ball, which does lead to that question now. This is 22 commits that they have. The 25-man per class limit has gone away. So how many slots do they have left, and where do they need to push? You know, I, I, I think the, the game has changed permanently when it comes to annual recruiting. And I think for Penn State, even though they've not leaked a lot of uh, players that they would prefer to keep, uh, they, they've done a really good job of not driving away players who are good. You know, you've seen guys who are established, really good players leaving programs for reasons that go beyond wanting more playing time. Penn State has not had that. But even so, you're leaking more oil on, on the talent front now than ever before. You're not really going to ever sign 18-man classes anymore because you have that flexibility. I think 25-plus is going to be more the norm than anything else. Uh, you have to anticipate loss. It's tough to do. You know, I don't envy James Franklin for having to do that. How do you begin to forecast who's going to leave, who's going to transfer, who's going to get sick of, of being patient? Uh, you, you know, it, it's hard to who's going to leave for the NFL world. So there's a lot of variables. But the one thing is for sure, more players are leaving each year. So you need to bring in more players to, to replace them. And that's where recruiting comes in. But you make a good point. James Franklin doesn't have as tough an issue, though, as a lot of other places where there are so many more players leaving. So he doesn't have as much of that. He does have it. I think he could get up to 27 or 28 players. It'll be interesting to see how they round out the class, Dusty. That is it for the show. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Hey, guys. This is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love.